Hey, it's Amy, and I'm popping into the feed right now to tell you that I believe we're creating something together here on Threshold. You, me, and the whole team that makes this show. We're making a meeting ground for people who want to think and feel and learn about this unbelievably fascinating and beautiful planet. It's a pretty special place in the audio landscape, but we need your support for it to grow and thrive. There are lots of ways you can help. You can make a donation and also make introductions. Mention the show to a friend or a coworker. Share an episode with your network. Your recommendation is how more people will find this community and join the conversation. Learn more about how you can help at thresholdpodcast.org. And thank you so much for listening. This series was supported by the Pulitzer Center. The, the strongest memory I have from the beginning of the trip is my own inadequacy even to see the land well. This is writer William Dubuis. The land was so vast it took me a while to dial in uh, my sense of scale. Welcome to Threshold. I'm Amy Martin, and this is a little intermission here in the middle of our series about the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. We've talked to a variety of people who live up on the northern edge of the refuge in Koktovik, and next time we're headed to Arctic Village on the southern boundary. But the space in between these two places, that's the refuge. That's this roadless area roughly the same size as South Carolina, or the whole country of Austria. This past summer, Bill Dubuis got to do something pretty magical. He took a raft trip from the middle of the refuge, down through the mountains and the coastal plain, and out to the sea. We started out deep inside the Brooks Range. From the embrace of the high mountains, we went due north along the Hula Hula River, out through the mountains, through the foothills, into the coastal plain, and then out to the edge of the Arctic Ocean. So he had the opportunity to really feel how this territory hangs together. Yes, I am jealous. And since I haven't had the chance to take a trip like this yet, I asked Bill to describe it for us. So that's the journey we're going to take on this little intermission. Here's Bill DeBuis. I'd never been in such big country, and I've been all over the United States West and in quite a few mountain ranges abroad. But the Brooks Range country was... uh, simply vast. And it took me a day or two to sort of recalibrate my perceptions to be able to see it well. What did it, what did it sound like up there in the mountains? Ah, that was one of the greatest treats was to hear the long distance silence of the place. Um, when you're out in a really wild place and, and the refuge was by far the wildest place I've been to uh, anywhere on this planet. It's as though you can hear the silence rolling in from beyond the horizon. It's the silence that that is so spacious and and so profound. Uh, it, It seems to come from beyond the limits of sight. And within that silence, there was 
higher up the the music almost constantly of white crowned sparrows and then lower down of lapland longspurs uh, there was always the whisper of the wind there was the growl of the river uh, but overall it was just the vastness and the beauty of really deep earth silence mm. What, what was it like as you transitioned out of the mountains down into the plains? Like, how did the landscape change and how did your experience change? Well, two things were going on. The topography was changing, just gradually flattening. There were beautiful rolling hills in the transition from the mountains to the plain. But what also was happening is that the caribou that we had been seeing in groups of Uh, 10 and 20 and 30 up in the mountains began to appear in larger and larger congregations. And we would see them in groups of hundreds. And then when we got out into the flat of the coastal plain, we saw them in thousands at a time. It was staggering to see so many animals, so many wild animals at, at one time. the caribou were always moving and they were always moving in the same direction. They were always bound northward. Um, We were seeing the porcupine caribou herd approaching the terminus of its annual migration, which is the longest migration of any terrestrial mammal on planet Earth. And every time we saw the caribou, They were going only in one direction, and they were clicking along at something right around a trot. Um, They they were motivated, and they were moving. And and in a way, they were making the same journey you were, in in the sense that they start on the other side of the Brooks Range and and coming over to to land on the coastal plain. Did you feel kind of like, I don't know, one of the herd? Not so much, but I did feel uh, surrounded. Uh, sometimes we'd we'd look up, and the ridge uh, in the distance would have caribou all along the horizon line, silhouetted by the late sun. We were surrounded by caribou all the time. And the farther we got out into the uh, coastal plain, the larger a percentage of the herd consisted of of newborns. Oh, so you were surrounded not only by caribou, but lots of baby caribou. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we were having uh, emergencies of cuteness constantly. Um, <laughs> those things were so awkward and so darling and, and uh, trotting along at their mother's heels. Uh, it just, they're remarkable. And caribou young get up and follow their mother as soon as they are dry. There is no pause uh, in their infancy when they are just on the ground, except when they're just getting dry from the activity of the birth. So they move right along. Oh, and another thing is that in all the time we were watching caribou, I never saw a caribou calf nursing. I have no idea when they get fed because they were always so busy moving and always moving northward. There was a lot of wildlife all the time. 
we watched wolves, a pack of wolves, actively hunting doll sheep when we were up in the mountains. We saw three or four arctic foxes. We encountered uh, three grizzlies. We were rarely out of sight of an arctic ground squirrel called a siksik, which were comical and kind of wonderful creatures to have around. After almost two weeks of paddling by day and trying to sleep in the bright Arctic nights, Bill and his group arrived at the mouth of the Hula Hula River and ended their 80-mile journey through the refuge. We actually paddled through a little bit of salt water to a barrier island, and uh, the bush planes came in and met us there, and, and that's where we began our journey home. And, and from that island, looking still farther north out into the Arctic Ocean, we could see ice flows with seals sunning on them. Oh, cool. Well, so you've got caribou in the rearview mirror and, and seals ahead. Yes. <laughs> it was just marvelous, every second. These caribou that Bill was surrounded by on his journey, these are the animals that Nora Jane Burns was talking about in our last episode in relation to her hopes for more dialogue with Gwich'in people. That's connecting thread, that caribou. Healthy caribou, healthy land. Bill essentially followed the porcupine caribou herd as they migrated from Gwich'in territory to Inupiaq territory. In the fall, they moved back south. And that's where we're headed too next time on Threshold.